What's going on, folks? Here we are once again to give praise and worship at the Trill Temple for folks that meditate and say fuck a lot. I am your host, Action Motherfucking Jackson. And really quick, before I introduce the guest of the day, I just want to touch back on how much the ego and the soul rely on each Well, not really rely on each other. The ego more relies on the soul, but they still have this, this uh, relationship. And part of their relationship is the soul expressing through the ego, which is the body. So that makes it important to make sure the body is in good enough shape so the soul can use it to express itself, you know. So today, our guest, Astral, <laughs> Ayla. Ayla, right? Ayla, right? Ayla. Good. Okay. Astral Ayla is going to help us understand the fascia, which is a part of the uh, tissue flowing through the body, and it's a lot going on with it. I'm gonna let her go ahead and do the thing. So, Ayla, thank you for coming on uh, Trill Temple and sharing your knowledge with us, and uh, let you have at it. Yay, thank you. Um, okay, so I'll go over a little bit of what we just discussed a bit. Um, your fascial system is um, a system throughout your physical body that is affected by your energetic state and so it's um like the conductor the medium the conduit between your physical bone muscle lymphatic system and your energetic subtle body system and often you know in mainstream health and movement we address bone alignment which affects our muscular skeletal system in full. Um, and then you can go over to mental health and address your psychology, but not as often is it um, discussed the conduit between the two. So when we address our fascial system and there's multiple layers of fascia, there's standardly about three layers um, as well as your blood is a form of fascia. So depending on what you're looking at treating or what ailments you have, you'll look at different layers of your fascia. And so when we treat the fascia system, we can actually remove energetic blockages that are stuck within your muscular system. So say you have a torn bicep or something um, because you're moving like a heavy rock. You could also say you have a cramp in your bicep last time you got in a fight with your parent or something. Either of those occurrences have created an emotional moment in time that has lodged itself in your muscle, wherever your injury is. So often we can go to a chiropractor and they adjust our bones. We can go to a massage therapist and they'll rub the muscle, but maybe the issue just sticks around or doesn't really heal. Um, that's when we're pretty aware that if you address your fascial system in that zone, you can actually clear the energy that's lodged and then ease your nervous system and then heal from there. And like I had mentioned before we had started this, um, when your fascial system is tight and clogged, it will affect your lymphatic system, which affects your immune system, which affects your cognitive health and so on. 
So if you essentially are to do any kind of physical movement, addressing your fascia will be one of the most effective things you can address over your muscle system or so on. Okay, Michelle, for sure. So fascia is this massive component. And I used to be, a, well, um, I guess you could still, I say I still am a personal trainer and learning about self-myofascial release was, it was a massive moment for me physically but now understanding the role that it has energetically is mind blowing because now it's like, okay, even though I am more spirit, there's still parts that of like, let's say garbage that are stuck in my body, like from something that happened before that I might've let go of energetically thinking, speaking, but it's still like there, like unconsciously there. Absolutely. And that's very interesting to think about. And even just understanding that a lot of people just don't move as much. So that really just tightens everything up. And then on top of that, they're having stressful situations as everyday situations. Like if you live in uh, check to check and you're working out of a fucking cube or some shit, then that's stressful all the time. So you're basically just sitting in this fucking box with your body in this tight position, feeling stress. Everything's just locking up, just locking up, just locking up, just locking up, driving work like this, sitting on the couch at your house like this. So you're basically just allowing your shit to close in on itself. You know? And and it really has an, an energetic and a physical component that just kind of keep compiling on each other. Totally. And, and when fascia is tight, it triggers your adrenal system, your fight or flight system, which then jacks up your cortisol, all those hormones that affect your digestion and your sleep and your ability to think clearly. And then that creates acidity in the body, which causes inflammation. And it just, it goes and goes and goes. So like you're saying, if you're in this repetitive, hunched over stress state all the time, say you even do go to a yoga class with your friend and you're like, okay, I'll go. When you forward fold, you're going to be like, this feels fucking terrible. Like, I'm going to break. Yeah. To address the fascial system before even going to that yoga class, you're going to have far more of a medicinal experience. Yeah. And that's not to say don't go to yoga before you address that, but go ahead and see. And you can also see where you're at. Because once you start to move around a little bit, you start to see, whoa, this is this feels really bad because you've been sitting for so long. And I want to rewind a little bit. And address the part where you said that the the that's entire process of your shit just crumbling up creates acidity in your body. Now, people keep addressing acidity in foods, but I was I was watching a video and the guy was saying that your intestine actually neutralizes foods, you know. So when you eat, they're not as acidic. So taking that into consideration it's not well i I don't don't, i'm I'm not a doctor so i can't really say it's not the foods but it sounds like it's not the foods but the lifestyle that's creating acidity in our bodies you know and of course if your body if you're not moving and your body is getting backed up with all this process bullshit and not getting the nutrients it needs of course it's going to become a food issue with everything getting backed up but it was a lifestyle issue in the first place it was sedentary living in the first place absolutely there's some people that can attest you know it's like everyone wants most everyone wants to pick a side like oh i'm vegan or i'm vegetarian or i'm a meat eater 
And there's a big perspective and people who live wholesomely where if their lifestyle incorporates movement and breath work and hydration, they, in a sense, take my vocabulary lightly here. It's like, in a sense, you can afford to take the hit of eating some acidic or unhealthy food because your whole lifestyle supports you way more. Whereas if you're sedentary and then you eat, you know, some fast food, it's going to just pummel your system even more. Yeah. And, and it's, and if you're sedentary eating fast food, chances are you, you do that a lot, especially if you're overweight, you've been eating fast, a lot of fast food. And I'm not, I'm not about canceling any kind of food like even junk food sometimes i eat a whole box of fucking candy and shit like gushers or some shit but at this point i count my calories so a certain amount of calories can come from garbage you know i i work out all the time i'm constantly moving so I'm, i really think about it as earning my garbage you know i'm gonna call it what it is because it has no nutritional value it's really not that good for you if i eat a box of gushers i'm gonna fucking have a sugar crash and fall asleep and I also try to take into consideration that sweet shit is sweet shit. You know, just pick a, try to pick the healthiest garbage you can find, you know, because I just be having like, you know, I want something sweet. Like right now, those fucking crunchy granola bars, the really fucking messy ones. Yeah. Find, those are really good sweet that it's, it doesn't feel really bad on my body. And I know if I eat a bunch of them, when I wake up, my fist is going to go shoot all that shit out. A good foot, a good shit, a, a good shit. Like, wow. Considering what it is, but it's, it's so it has a lot of fiber in it or whole grains or some shit like that. So it really helps with all that shit. But just being more selective about the trash that you eat can help, you know, and just number one thing is move more. Get off your ass. Do more movement. I would even go as far as say is move intensely, like get your, your heart rate up and your and get to sweating and shit like that. Challenge yourself. Because not only is that making sure that everything is processing and your body is cleaning itself, but you can see how you, your body is moving in, in action. You know, um, you, you see the videos all the time. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. It's like in a, I, I'm envisioning like a kindergarten class, you know, like say they release the kids for recess before, before PE. It's like, there's a, there's a window where the kids just run rampant and wild and they get all that like pent up energy out. And then you can sit them down and then do your focused class of whatever you're teaching. Um, and it's the same thing. If you have any form of candid movement before you actually do the movement you're choosing to do, you're going to be a lot more clear and able to see and feel what's going on in your body. It's like everything's awake, you know, blood starts flowing. You just become more clear. Yeah, it's just and it's a it becomes an uh, all the time thing once your body is at a certain point. I won't say you just are completely clear, but you're you're more clear than when you're feeling sluggish and tired all the time, you know. And I hear that from so many people, just like I'm so tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. And I'm like, well, look what you do. You you get up and you pretty much just start doing shit, and most of the shit you're doing is not really. It's not well. I'm not gonna say the shit you did not. The shit you're doing is not conducive to what you want. It's how you go about doing it. It's the perspective of when you're doing the things. If you're sitting there stressing while you're at work versus having faith that what you're doing is going to move you forward when you're at work, 
You know, you still the same work, but your mindset is different. Absolutely. It comes down to how you're thinking about things. And even in the, the uh, perspective of stress, you know, it's a perspective. How are you viewing these things? You know, it's like so much, so much sickness is just bought on by ourselves, I believe. Like you just be fucking yourself up because of the choices that you make, the things you decided to do and not do for yourself, you know? Absolutely. And it's hard. It's a challenge, too, because when we're in a low state like that, just worn out, inflamed, exhausted, and we're having all of this experiential proof that life is shitty, it's really challenging to mentally focus and be like, oh, it's a mindset. It's like that cynicalness comes in. Whereas if you can implement some of these tools, whether it's fascial work, breath work, movement, diet, you know, therapy, that will give you a little bubble pop to get out of your own shit so that you can choose like, okay, my mindset, what's the first thought when I open my eyes in the morning? Because that absolutely shifts your day. Hell yeah. Very grateful for this conversation. It's awesome. And there are so many things that you can do to start to turn yourself around. But the main thing is a lot of people have this thing about struggling and fighting and just going hard. So they want to fight to the end, but it really comes through when you surrender and be like, all right, I got to make it. I got to change something. Something has to be different. I can't keep going this same route because this is killing me, you know? So then people surrender and they decide to look for another route. And a lot of, well, I won't say a lot of times, but at least for, I guess folks like you and I, it was the self-improvement route. You know, to, to start on, start moving with this, you know, yeah. outside of anything else, to get this straight before trying to fuck with everything else. Absolutely. If you can get your mind behind what you're doing, you're going to excel far quicker than if you just are doing the physical practices of a healthy life. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it's like focusing your mindset and your diet are two of the most effective, immediate ways to switch where you're at if you're looking to switch your life in any positive direction or negative if you're looking to consciously fuck your life up you can consciously choose to think those horrible thoughts and then consciously choose to do behaviors that you know are going to deteriorate yourself so it's it goes both ways you know yep exactly <laughs> exactly as far as patient goes um Breath work is one of the most immediate and direct ways to affect your body's pH instantaneously. You can go get pH strips and do this like fun little test at home. And you take a cheek sample, you know, just put the swab in your cheek and it'll come out a color and you can match what your pH is on the bottle. And then you can do a few breath exercises, you know, quick inhales, exhales. There's a few different patterns you can do. And within just a few minutes, you can pH your mouth again, and the pH will be different just on your breath. Just on breath. So if like, if you're not breathing, but say you're drinking apple cider vinegar, like the internet says will adjust your pH, it might not be as dramatic as if you were to just simply do a couple breath exercises in traffic while driving, you know? And, and that's, that's so much more accessible than drinking a plug in apple cider vinegar, you know? That's, um, I was just having a conversation on Instagram. Somebody asked about 
a, if I had a breath work, uh, what, if I was doing some kind of breath work program, and I told him no, but then it clicked to me when we outside working out and shit, how we are breathing and shit, trying to catch your breath, trying to steady our breath and shit. It's like that kind of makes sense as breath work, you know? Absolutely. And you're breathing like hell. And on top of that, you challenging your body, pushing yourself. So just, of course, it's not as accessible as just breathing by itself, but if you go outside and take a little run, a little jog, do some quick little workouts and shit, you're going to be breathing hard and you have gotten your body involved in that shit. You're getting your spirit in because your spirit want to move your body. It's like a, a, a full thing, a complete being exercise, I guess you could say. I guess ex exercise itself, you know? Absolutely. Movement. You know, you can... Um... My mother is, I, she always kind of makes me laugh when I witness her do this and she's an active woman, but she also could be, you know, from her own explaining, she could be more active, but I love witnessing her because when she goes outside, she always extends her arms up to the sky, full palms out, and she just takes in a deep inhale and lets that shit out. And I insist, like, that does more for her than if she did any yoga routine with me or something. And it's that, like, essence of spirituality, like, yes, I am alive and I can breathe. And here I am, you know. I do that That's exact same shit. The same exact <laughs> shit. Especially when the sun is out. Oh, man. It's just like, ah, Like you're saying, like, conscious breath movement is a breath exercise like say say um take smokers for example they are doing breath work and western medicine speaking allopathically a lot of doctors will claim the lung capacity of cigarette smokers is stronger and larger than people who don't smoke and it's a double-edged sword because the cigarettes are killing them, but they are working their lungs out more than people who don't smoke. So it's however you look at your breath work, it, you know, it's not like you have to sit down like, oh, okay, I'm going to meditate and I'm going to do my breath work right now. Like if you're moving a couch and you pause and you inhale as you move properly, you know, consciously, that totally is a breath work. Consciously. Mm -hmm. Good job. <laughs> this is so easy to do it's so simple you can really just add some add it in a bunch of times in a day you know just kind of ramp Absolutely. up the consistency you know Absolutely. like say you get mad someone cuts you off in traffic or like you know a bill comes and throws your mind off if you even channeled that rage and just did some intense like it's like that is going to alkalize your body it's going to focus your mind and it's going to pass that energy out of your body versus it getting tight in your shoulder. And then you're just like, fuck the power company, you know, like whatever it is. Exactly. Oh, that, that's so important. <laughs> just allowing shit to move instead of holding on to shit. Oh yeah. my God. And that you bringing that up in the whole, your shoulders get tight and shit. And then that just gets in that, that just your fashion is locking up even more and shit. Exactly. I don't know if you've noticed, but like on the top of power poles, there is like a little dome that the wires connect to. And as a kid, I always wondered like what was going on at the top of power poles. Like how does a tree trunk that used to be a tree that's now covered in tar and has wires going through it, how in the fuck does that make my house light turn on? 
And at these antique stores, there was these glass domes and I learned that they're glass conduits for the power poles. And I thought, well, well, why is it like, tell me about this, why is it glass? And at a young age, I learned when the electricity comes through that line, it needs a conduit to go through in order to continue on to a different substrate. Like if the wood pole is holding a metal wire, there needs to be a conduit between the two, kind of like um, a breaker fuse. If there's so much current coming through, there needs to be something that can pop and break so like the house doesn't explode. And the conduit, I was fascinated with this little glass creation invention that it holds such powerful ability being glass to transfer electricity without catching the wood on fire. And so in life, so repeatedly, I'm always saying, and kind of in a funny way, embody the conduit, like be the conduit in life because that's what our human body is. We're receiving all this information and if we don't allow it to pass, it will pop within ourselves. And so it's like, I add that little zest of funny too, because there's sometimes you're just pissed, man, or frustrated or something. And you're just like, embody the conduit. Like, I don't have to hold this. It doesn't have to burn me down. So it's a that's, good practice. That's a great practice. It's... I feel like it's one of those practices that you don't come to till later on in your journey for a lot of people. You know, because yeah. you just it becomes you get to a point where being able to shift, it's always simple, but it becomes easy. Mm-hmm. Just having a, a very but it, it's easy because you have a simple a simple way to do it and you've been practicing it as well. So yeah. so we could teach somebody something like that and they would get it but they wouldn't have the ability to be so quick with it because they haven't been using it consistently. Totally. But that's a perfect example because mine is, my main thing is just to go to is remember that spirit is, has a better perspective than I do. You know? Yeah. And to always remember that that's what I am. So there's really no point in tripping on anything or being upset about anything because that's greater than everything. So, you know. You know, and like, something comes to mind in how, because you, you mentioned a great point, like we can receive this information and understand it, but what gets us to implement that repeatedly to then have it become a behavior that we just go to innately. And I think of it's, it's the difference in what gets people to care. Now say you meet someone on the internet and they shared some funny meme and then you're talking a little bit in that micro conversation, as humans, we create a bond of appreciation in some degree, right? It could be super minute, like, oh, they said something funny and I just appreciated their humor. If that person tells them something like an insight, like embody the conduit, that's going to lodge in somebody's brain a lot more than just the data of the context of being a conduit. So the importance of as people creating communication and community to share information, we're far more likely to remember like, oh yeah, like that woman said that to me once. And I don't know why, but it just came to my mind when I was about to like throw my tool bag down and I'm like, okay, pause, like breathe a minute. And it usually traces back to the people that we learn this stuff from that helps it 
the seed land in our mind for it to even take root. I think to add to that, that it depends on the energy it comes with as well. Because if Ooh. somebody is talking to you with good intentions and empowering shit instead of like a fearful notion like you better do this or else versus you should try this or I think you'd be good at this, you know, that kind of thing. Oh shit, then we'll talk for a minute. Got the, 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 the 10 minute um, Zoom thing. So we're gonna wrap this up in a second. But okay. what was I about? the whole thing about how somebody, the energy somebody's giving you something with really matters. Because somebody who's guiding you with fear is leading you to act out of fear and to move in fear. And you're just gonna, fear creates more fear. You're only dooming yourself like that. So it's so important to let people know the information from an empowering place. And when you're aware of yourself and you know that you can intend things like that, then you, of course, you're gonna come from that greater stance. So uh, I'm gonna pass it back to you because I, like I said, we've been talking for 30 minutes at this point. Usually I only do like 10, 15 minute segments. <laughs> I'm pass it back to you. Let you um, give some closing remarks uh, and boom, we'll take it from there. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, as far as the fascia goes, I'm like crazy passionate about it and, you know, many other categories and ways to explain it. Um, but some fun, just simple play you and anybody can do is if you're laying on the floor, you know, you can do this sitting up, but it's kind of more effective if you lay down. If you rub your hands together and just start feeling that warm hum between your hands, if you put your hands over your abdomen, just naturally, however you feel guided to put your hands on your abdomen, you will find a tender point and it's gonna come up for everyone differently, but there will be a tender point within your abdomen where you'll feel your body respond to you and it's called unwinding and you can find knots in your fascia. And if you literally say like, just found one over your liver, liver generates anger and rage and just hold that there. It'll almost feel like a bruise or something. If you just slowly hold that there and maybe press into it gently and you breathe during this process, you will feel phenomenal experiences of unwinding happen. And that's the sensation of releasing emotion out of your fascial system. And that conversation can go really deep in like a whole nother segment. But as for for sake of just exploring it for yourself, you know, you could do it on any part of your body, but the abdomen is so responsive to fascia engagement that I just wanted to share that before we wrap this up. And I'm super grateful. This has been fascinating fun. Hell yeah. Shoot, we've been talking all this damn time. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. That was a great way to close this off on too. Um, where can folks find more of you at? I mean, I'm going to put you out there anyway, but let people know. Um, my handle is Astral Ayla. Um, often people think it's Layla or Kayla or anything, but Astral Ayla, like Ayla is from space. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ayla, coming through, kicking some trillness with us. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you. And with all that being said, folks, take care of your body. You know, you're here. You're going to be here for a while. You might as well make the most of it. All right. So me and Ayla out of here. Chill Temple signing out. See y'all next time. Peace.